right, today we want to talk about personality types, but we've been talking a lot about them. So we thought it would be fun to actually like dig into a type and mm -hmm. kind of show what it's like to do a little unpacking of it. Not really a coaching session, but more just kind of unpacking a personality type assessment result. You know, what, it, what does that look like? And we were talking about who we should have on. Maybe we should have somebody else on yeah. to do that with. And um, we've been doing a lot of work on our website with. Davey, who is with us today, and also um, recently we're on his podcast, which is Brands That Book. And I think it was just kind of a fun intersection of, oh, let's invite Davey to be on. And you are a very in intentional person, which I think lends itself to this stuff. You're a leader, you're an entrepreneur, all, you know, all the, all the ingredients that makes for someone who cares about how you're wired and your personality type. So welcome to the show, Davey. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat about this stuff. Yeah. So like I mentioned, you have you and your wife, Krista, have Davey and Krista. You do websites, Brands That Book. Um, you're helping us with our website. You're also, though, part of the founding team of Till, mm -hmm. which does a lot of digital marketing and ads. Uh, you guys help us with that as well. But I've because I've been digging into your podcast, I realize you also have some other stuff going on. And I've heard on the fringe about this, like you have a meet box membership <laughs> business, right? Is That's right? right. Yeah. Like, so I mean, like what... the meat we eat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we have, um, all right. So basically what I, what pays the bills, uh, you know, is, uh, are the marketing agencies. So I have the two agencies, Davey and Krista and Till agency, uh, Davey and Krista focuses on brand and website design. Um, and you know, through Davey and Krista, I've been helping you with a, the greenhouse website, uh, a bit lately. And, um, then through Till agency, we do digital ads. So, uh, advertising on any digital platform. Um, and then, you know, within that we do some copywriting and sales pages and things on so on and so forth. Um, but I also, I live out here on a farm in Lexington, Virginia, and, uh, I farm with, um, uh, two good friends of mine and we have, we sell the meat from our farm, uh, in a subscription box. So basically, so cool. Yeah. People can sign up, uh, become a member and they'll receive a monthly or bi-monthly box of meat. There are a couple different options. Um, you know, our most popular option is just a, a an assortment of uh, beef, chicken, and uh, pork, but it's all raised here uh, on our farm. And there's other options. You can get a one-time box, um, but that's farm-fed box. Farm-fed box. I'm totally I signing was, up. I love it. <laughs> so many people love that stuff. They love that it's lo you know, that's in their state or it's local or and that it's right from a family's farm. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is cool. Like we raise everything in an ethical and sustainable way. You know, it's all, all regenerative uh, farming practices. We rotate um, each of the animals across, you know, fresh past pasture each day. Um, so it is, um, you know, I think uh, it's important to us um, – to feel connected to our food and to feel like, you know, I think there's so much bad information out there about meat in general, you know, and this misperception that it's like really bad for the environment and animals are mistreated. And there are certainly ways that you can farm that are bad for the environment and bad for, um, the animals and bad for you, you know? Um, but we farm in a way that I think is good for, um, us, good for the environment, good for the animals. Um, and it, you know, it's funny. I mean, my, one of my partners is, um, he's the actual farmer of the trio of us, you know, a good friend of mine and, um, uh, him and his brother really have a lot of farming experience. I, uh, 
I like to I like to say that I'm a guy who farms. I'm not a farmer. I'm a guy who farms. It's kind of like running. Like I, I love I running. I can feel that difference. Right? You know, there's a little uh, yes. nuance there. I love running. I'm a guy who runs, though. I'm not a runner. Yeah. You know, and there is there is a there is a very nice maybe nuanced that's but good. Uh, serious difference between the two. That's a good distinction. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Sorry, I feel like I went on about that. That's uh, you know something that uh, I'm passionate about and. Uh, and really excited about lately. It's been fun to see it, see that grow. Yeah, and I'm sure you could talk for hours about it. That's cool. That's really cool. I'm going to try yeah. it out. I've been working on my grilling game lately, so I want some high-quality meat. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think... Send me a note. I'll customize your box. Uh, I Yes. Make sure you hooked yes, up. I know you will. It's yeah. unfair because you know about marketing, and now you have a product to market. You can just do the whole <laughs> thing, A to Z. Um, well, that's we're not here to talk about uh, meat boxes, although... What? <laughs> I feel like maybe we should shift. Maybe I kind of to... like that it's real, tangible, <laughs> and we know exactly what we're getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun to sort of discuss personalities within the context of the yeah. farm. <laughs> okay, you know? next time. But I feel next like that time. episode, you all need to come out to the farm. <laughs> That's how we discover pre- yeah, people's right. personalities. <laughs> you know, I've got this great, I mean, recently trying to load a boar up to haul him across the farm. Okay. And, um, you know, I mean, I was tossed eight feet yeah, in the yeah. air, you know, and you really get to see people's personality uh, in like situations yeah, like that. Yes, you so. are a guy who farms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you also got tossed in the air by a boar. Yeah. You're a guy who happened. has been tossed <laughs> by a it's, boar. Yeah, They're very uh, dangerous, I hear. Very. They, they, you know, it's funny. We have the gentlest <laughs> boar in the world and he just didn't want to get on this, uh, you know, he didn't want to get in this trailer and I was trying to get him in this trailer. And, um, so I jumped up on a fence, uh, and it's actually, it was a gate, but it was, um, there's enough room in the bottom of the gate for him to stick his nose Mm -hmm. through. And so he, uh, stuck his snout through this gate, tossed me up in the air, including the gate high enough that he could then walk under (laughs) the gate. I mean, wow, full body weight on it. I mean, they are incredibly He was, he was just, he'd been sitting there creatures. all morning like, this guy ain't a farmer. Yeah. He's just a guy. He's, a he's guy like, who's this guy who just, I'm going to yeah. show him. Who does this guy <laughs> think he is? You know? That's so, awesome. And he showed me. So Awesome. But while we were small talking, you were like, oh, I've taken so many personality tests. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've, for as much as I've taken, maybe I should know more. That was a little bit what I heard. And so my first question to you is just like, when did, what stage of life did you become even interested in taking personality assessments? And then which ones? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like um, I've always kind of been interested in those. I mean, aren't aren't we all to a certain extent? Like, I remember in high school, we took... Some hate um, it, so I'm going to (laughs) say, not all. (laughs) So... I have a lot of thoughts on this. I I would definitely, I definitely have some sort of some skepticism when it comes to taking personality tests. One of the things I think I struggle with is projecting what I would like to be, you know? Um, Of course. So it's like, are you organized? Well, of course, you know, but if you ask my (laughs) wife, she's like, but really, are you? Um, So, you know, I think that's one of the things I struggle with uh, when I take personality tests, but I've always been interested in tests that kind of reveal maybe a little bit more about mm-hmm. who I am uh, and how I interact yeah. with others. Um, and I remember, you know, even in high school, you take those tests that tell you like what job, you know, what job you should have when you yeah. grow up. Uh, I don't yeah. believe in those nearly as much. My wife, uh, when she took that test, uh, said it, she should be an accountant. 
Um, and to a certain extent, she definitely has that mind, but she is so creative and I could not imagine Mm -hmm. her being fulfilled as uh, Mm -hmm. an accountant, you know, and Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with being an accountant, but for her specifically, I can't imagine being fulfilled in that. Um, so personality tests, I think uh, mostly, you know, kind of as I jumped on uh, more of my entrepreneurial journey, journey, um, yeah. So 16 personalities is something that we have our entire team take. Um, and it's mostly just for fun and conversation. Um, I did, a yeah. this leadership program, um, a few years back and, you know, that was a, a big portion of it was the Myers-Briggs, t- uh, Briggs test. Um, mm-hmm. and they had their own stuff like, uh, as well. And then the Enneagram, um, I've taken a test. I still don't really understand the whole Enneagram thing. Uh, I know I'm an eight. I don't know what my wings are. I don't really even know what wings are, um, outside of the ones you find <laughs> on a plane. To eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And delicious right. to eat. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think to summarize my, I guess my skepticism with, uh, personality tests is one, I, I think I struggle projecting what I, what I want to be, um, mm-hmm. And then also really understanding the practical ways that it comes into my life, uh, right? You know, it's like yeah. you take it and you, you know, oh, that's interesting. You know, you have that conversation with your wife or your coworkers or whatever. But then, mm-hmm. you know, it's like kind of as time goes on, I just kind of forget, forget about okay, it. Yeah, yeah. What your tendencies are, things like that. Those are two great talking points. So what I'm hearing you say too, though, is that you really piqued your interest as you started to move more into the entrepreneurial circle. It wasn't necessarily like uh, something you did early 20s because you were trying to figure yourself out. It was more like as you were walking into that solo space. Exactly. Yeah, it was definitely, I corresponded with entrepreneurship. There's another yeah. one that I took as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what it's it one like? where you get is results it? like woo and... Um, Oh yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Woo. I have woo. Yeah, I remember. It's, um, it's it's along the line of strength finder. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I also remember like an early summer job where they made me take one and said, You have woo. It was like a very serious meeting. You All right, have here's woo. here's your output. So you are woo. Like oh right. yeah. yeah. Totally like I'm trying to shake my head. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Woo. <laughs> Got it. Woo. <laughs> well, I'm gonna speak to those two points. I'm just gonna talk about those two points that you actually made. And I actually have your Myers-Briggs results because you sent them to me, but I'm going to coach around that a little bit as well. But the first thing you said was struggling with projecting what I wanted to be. It, it really, actually, thank you for saying that because it's while, while it gives people angst, it's actually good for people to know that the reality is we can really make the results whatever we want them to be if we sure. really try hard. But, you know, like the longer version ones, it's harder and harder to trick it. Like Myers-Briggs, if you do it versus 16 personalities, that's like just 20 questions, whereas Myers is 96 questions. So it's harder and harder to trick it because it goes in circles and you're like, oh, your true self starts to come out. So it's good to just remember that it is a psychological assessment. It's mm-hmm. not scientific. So you can come out as something you are not really. <laughs> sure. So, and I do think that people have a, I mean, think about how hard it is to be really honest with yourself, like about how, you know, organized to what spectrum compared to who, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. That's where, that's where the thing, the, the thing lies. So first of all, it's just a natural feeling that you feel that you're projecting. So I feel like sometimes it's good to take different ones or take them at multiple stages of life. Too. I took in 20s, 30s, 40s, and most recently, and I kind of love to see what changes over time. So that's one of the things I, I love to do. Do you find that letters change over time? Like you, so you were yeah. an ENFJ and then now you're an INFJ or INFP or, yeah. you know, whatever. 
That's such a great question. I actually just did a, a podcast on like seven myths, Sunday's seven myths about personality assessments. And um, that is what a lot of people also ask me is, so again, this is Sunday's opinion. There's purists out there that think you are who you are forever. Like that is your core. And so I say a yes and because I was an ENFP in my 20s. And I say that I still am, but I really function a lot like an ENFJ in a lot of the assessments as well, because I like decisions made. I don't like to sit in the land of openness for too long. Um, and I also really like structure and predictability, and I hate last minute fires. Whereas in my 20s, I kind of thrived off of all that. So I feel like I became more of a J because I developed that other side of me. So what's the answer there? Do you feel like you know? <laughs> do you feel like you um, I guess react as something uh, different based on who you're around. Like my wife is a J through and through. Mm -hmm. Like if there's a through scale, it's a hundred percent, right? Yeah. Um, I she she insists that I'm actually a P. Um, <laughs> but I think when I'm just standing next to her, right? She's right. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, and probably yeah. in certain ways, I let certain things maybe sit without having made a decision or more open-ended because I know that, you know, she's going to ultimately, you know, Decide. handle this or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas mm -hmm. I think for most of my friends, like they see me as a, a J. That's not, isn't that an interesting perspective. I love yeah. that you really called that out too. Cause if we do compare ourselves to our partner, well, Steve knows this. I'm also married to a P that's so far a P that it's ridiculous. You could like <laughs> fall off the cliff. So I think that I stand in the lane of Jay a lot in my family and in my household and with him because just like you, with that lens, he's so far over there. It pushes me into the Jay zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think I would agree that a lot of my friends see me more as an ENFP. Yeah. And I think it can depend on scenarios yeah. as well, mm -hmm. which is what I like about assessments like Myers-Briggs where there, there are there is a spectrum for each yeah, letter like, and there are all multiple like. letters where... Some of them that just place one number on you, mm -hmm. it's, I think, two boxed in. Because, yeah. yeah, there are probably mm -hmm. scenarios, Davey, where you're more J than others. Do you Have you ever, um, like, pinpointed any of those areas where you might be more J versus more P? We should probably talk about what those mean, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll just call that out very quickly before I answer that. J is, is judging and P is perceiving on the Myers, which basically, in a nutshell, if you were to summarize, how do you assess those two letters? It's... How do you uh, kind of plan and predict and organize your outside life? That's really, it's a lot of, it's a lot about that. So peas um, love spontaneity. They love to write in pencil is how I kind of joke because they're like, I can quickly erase it and change the plan. <laughs> <laughs> they like to commit more last minute. Uh, but the misconception is that they're not organized and they're actually, a lot of them are very organized people. It's just more the, their approach. They like to feel like everything's kind of open. Another example is a P likes to maybe not drive to a party in a car with other people because they want that flexibility to leave whenever they want to leave versus a J is like we're leaving at 10. Sometimes yeah. uh, J's are a little bit more like they like predictability, a little bit more structure. I always say J's like a little bit more of decisions made um, instead of sitting. They don't like sitting in the land of indecision for too long. And they yeah. also like to avoid last minute pressure by planning for those pressure points. So there you go. Yeah. Now go back to your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are P. Even the way you described J and P is very yeah. P. You're yeah. like, they like a little bit more structure. Yeah. But J would be like, no, they like structure. 100% <laughs> <Yeah>. structure. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that about, so true. I mean, we're not truly doing a coaching session here, but if in a true coaching session, sometimes the best part is like, oh, 
wait a minute, but the way you just said so that true. or your body I, language I actually revealed. <laughs> so anyway, Davey, do you, do you feel like there are areas one or the other? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I run a few different businesses and, um, so, you know, again, like one of them is with my wife. And so there's certain things where I just feel like, well, yeah, she'll, she'll plan for that or she'll take care of mm-hmm. that. Um, and there's other businesses where I have to step into that role, you know, and I very much yeah. realize like, okay, we can't, you know, this is a level of spontaneity that I don't like, you know, <laughs> over yeah. here. Um, so I definitely feel like I react to that a little bit. Um, you know, again, going ex- back to an example of my wife who, you know, it's like um, we were going to a concert the other night and uh, we're at the concert and we go to bed pretty early. Um, and, you know, it rolls around at like 10 o'clock. And for her, it's like, well, this is when we planned, like, this is, this is when we go to bed, you know, it's like, are we yeah. going to stay? You know, I'm like, we <laughs> yeah. are going to stay because we're adults. And if this goes long, that's, that's fine. You know, like, like just go Steve with answer. the flow, for, you know, for a minute. <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's going later than we thought. So, uh, yeah. yeah. But she really kind of, it just is a, a security for her sometimes to lean into those routines. Oh yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. And yeah. I, I especially, and I get it, you know, especially with young kids and all that. So yeah. Absolutely. With kids. I I depended on my schedule a lot with kids. I will say that I really love to an extent going on a vacation with some sort of J in the group. (laughs) Yes, I do. Because what what is I'll just pause right there. What do you think I kind of well, it brought up uh, just something from uh, so Steve and I's conversation on my podcast, we talked about our friend Ryan. um, And I love that we're benching him in both episodes. Um, I told Ryan, we mentioned him in our other episode, but I wouldn't tell him what we talked about. But I mean, we were talking about we have we have a mutual friend who is wait a minute. This is this is your this is your way of cross promoting to get people to go. That's right. To that's both right. podcasts. Right. You're so <laughs> smart. <laughs> <laughs> but but in all seriousness, we have a, a mutual friend who's a J, and it's like you want him to be planning this trip, you know, because he's yeah. gonna he's gonna know where everything is and what all the different things that you can do and the best deals, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm just gonna show up. My favorite part about him in that scenario, and yeah, my wife Ashley's the same. Like mm-hmm. I want. It helps me to be able to do what I want to do, which is just chill and relax and not have to plan because yeah. she's the planner. Mm-hmm. Well, Ryan is the guy. He's he's too gracious, though. He'll be like, okay, yeah, Davey, how long do you think it takes to get there? And you'll be like, I don't know, you know, two hours, two and a half. And, he, and then he won't say anything, but inside he's like, no, it's two hours and 52 minutes. <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he wants. And then he's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, but I always wonder, like, have you ever asked your your wife, who is a a leaning towards a very strong J, if that ever exhausts her? That people kind of depend on that J to make the plans all the time. I always wonder, do they want to break from it, or is it really truly joy? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah. I mean, that's a great question because there's sometimes where, like, I'm (laughs) I'm thinking of all the time she's like, I I just need a break, you know. So obviously she said she said those words before. Um, but I think on a planning front, like she just can't help herself, <laughs> you know, it's like, there is no, you know, yeah. you can't just be like, Hey, yeah, you can't plan for this. You know, it's just, uh, it, and it's not enjoyable for her, you know, like, um, we're about to go on a family vacation and she has her Google doc of all the things. And, uh, I think if I told her she couldn't do that, that would probably be a source of huge stress for her. So it's like, that's not the break she's asking for. It's a no. different kind of a break. That's actually yeah. not the right one to pull. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah that, it's interesting. I think she enjoys it uh, on that, yeah. you know, on that front. 
Um, mm-hmm. I do think though that for her, like, um, she's she's expressed to me that like, hey, it would be great if you help me with this doc, you know, like, and it's not so much I think that she needs the help with it. Um, and I'm just processing this out loud, so this might be wrong. Sure. It'd be interesting if she came up here and was like, no, that's not actually. Um, but it- <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a mic, please. Yeah, feeling like uh, like I'm in it with her, you know? It's mm-hmm. less like that it's exhausting for her to do the work and probably more that she just wants me to be in it with her. She wants you to be in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, interesting. You're both on the J side, so... One of the benefits there is uh, I hear that a lot of times P's and J's approach their weekends very differently. So we're talking a little bit. I'm moving into a little bit of that practical side there, uh, which I have a perspective there. But I just want to throw this one out since we're killing the J and P talk, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They do. They approach their weekends differently. And sometimes uh, partners can can fight over the weekend or not have the best weekend if they don't really understand each other's perspectives because Jays really like a plan in advance. They even like their downtime planned sometimes. And they also like decisions made about the weekend. So, mm. and they also have a list of things to do and they would like those things done a lot of times, right? Whereas you can imagine the P side has a general plan, a general plan, but they'd really are totally okay if it, if it changes. Their to-do list is sometimes narrowed down, but sometimes a little still flexible as well. And in fact, they really get frustrated when you try to plan their downtime. They want their downtime to come a little bit more spontaneous. So can you see how just relationship-wise, just that simple concept, and it shouldn't be like, all right, well, now we're screwed. No, actually, now you're in a good place because you're talking about it, understanding, and so it's all about compromise. So a J needs to say something like, all right, here's what I would like to do. Pick two. You know, of my huge list, pick two. And then the P's like, and and then the P might say, you got to commit to two for that relationship, right? But to, yeah. to meet each other a little bit halfway instead of it being all J of a weekend and all P of a weekend. Any thoughts there, yeah. you guys? We've had this exact argument um, <laughs> where I'm like, it's Sunday morning. I'm just sitting here. You know, I don't have a plan. Yeah. There's no plan. Why are you asking me about a plan? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge source of tension for us too. And we finally, after like 15 years, mm-hmm. just started talking about mm-hmm. that dynamic. And for so that's the thing to me is for so long it can just be a problem, and and you don't even know why, or you don't know, or you can't deal with it because it's just happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, for me, I'm more of the extreme P. Like, what makes a weekend relaxing to me is mm-hmm. the fact that there's no plans. And that anything can and happen. And what makes it stressful to her yeah, is that there isn't no a plan. plan. <laughs> yeah, so so where I get to is like, if yeah, if it's in a relationship like this, how is this ever going to work? Yeah. Like this seems to be fundamentally conflicting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no one's talking about it this way, but mm-hmm. this is how it happens for most because opposites attract. So it's like, okay, we got to actually like be aware of and yeah. then be able to talk about it or it'll just be constantly a problem (laughs) so that's what i actually love about personality assessments no matter which one you take and i i really am a fan of myers i know a lot of people have been steering more towards like you said enneagram that seems a very popular one right now um however the reason to your point that i love them is that it gets people talking that's really the point so Mm -hmm. when you ask me like well how does this like practically play out in your life i think that the most practical thing outside of first and foremost just slightly learning a little more something about yourself. I mean, usually you already know yourself. It's more like now it's in paper and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it calls a little bit of your strengths and weaknesses out. But where I really love the practicality piece is that it makes me really, the goal is so that I can use it as a tool to understand others. 
So that life is better. My work, the people I work with, I feel like because I know what a JNP lean towards naturally, now I can kind of pick up on those signs now. And I think, oh my gosh, this coworker needs me to back off with pressuring on this decision. You know what I mean? Or, or if a J is working, if the J's need to say, hey, I just need this deadline to be by next Friday. So see, it's like you lean into understanding, same thing with a relationship, instead of just not getting along. That's what I love most about them. Yeah. That's what I yeah. love. Yes. So um, your results, I'm just going to go ahead and share what yours were on the Myers-Briggs. Sure. You were an ENFJ, which I, did you already do that like search where like, who are the famous people who are your type? Just no, I ever? actually, it's been a while. <laughs> I think when I took the test, it tells you, right? It's like, oh, it does. so is so and so. Yeah, I can't remember I think who, Barack but... Obama is an ENFJ uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and, and I also think Oprah, those are the two that are standing out to me but for very different reasons. But notice that they both have a lot of charisma. You know, um, and also like Oprah really is into the better good, but it's not she doesn't always do the good. She's she sees the world as she she lives with the lens of I want to make the world a better place. But she connects a lot of people to people, to events mm -hmm. and people. So she's like a, a I mean, if he's can lean into that space, too, they're just about connecting the dots for others so that people have a better life and a better experience. So, they're, yeah, that, that's that resonates a lot with me. I don't know about the charisma part, but the um, the connecting, you know, that's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do uh, is is connect people that I've met, you know, that might be able to help each other out or, you know, somebody says something and they're like, oh, I have a friend that, you know, is into the same stuff. Yeah. So they're really good at connecting and also just seeing the bigger picture. I really feel like they have a, and they have a, they tend to have a lot of compassion for the for the world, like the bigger picture outside of just their backyard. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily so, I mean, mean they yeah. do everything about it. It's what they think. <laughs> yeah, I would say like if I could pick any job, you know, like if I had to pick yeah. a job, it would be like, um, you know, some big companies, they have basically like relationship managers where the whole point is like you're reaching out to the, you know, whoever the client mm. or and all you're doing is basically like keeping that relationship up. That would be mm. that'd be a dream job for me. Absolutely. I, I could I could like that one too. I don't really have to do anything except, <laughs> except <laughs> introduce people to people. people. Yeah, introduce right? people, see what people need people. and yeah. Try to connect people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have a question for you. No, we mentioned that you were an ENFJ, but for those that don't know, I'm just going to read this tiny little piece for, for the audience. Okay. Okay. So it's, they're warm, empathetic, responsive, and responsible, highly attuned to the emotions, needs, and motivations of others, find potential in everyone, want to help others fulfill their potential, may act as a catalyst for individuals and group growth, loyal, responsive to praise and criticism, social, and facilitate others in a group and provide inspiring leadership. Sounds kind of lovely, doesn't it? Yeah, right? I mean, can we just end here? Is that know, what else right? is there to talk about? I what's always love to coach? To even, right. What's to coach, right? <laughs> Look at that. Um, did most of that did most of that resonate? Or was there any line that I read that just felt like no way? Uh, you know, it's it's weird because I feel like that was very, very kind, you know, description <laughs> of you know, if when we get into like the strengths and weaknesses, um, there are things about both the strengths and weaknesses where I can I feel like I can pinpoint and be like, 
yes, yeah. that's, I feel like is absolutely true of me or that's really important to me. Um, yeah. and you know, on the weakness side too, uh, same thing. So, all right. So um, let's just go there next. And so it was a very kind <laughs> read of you. What do you, yeah. what did you learn when you looked at the strength section of your results that you were like, I, th- and it's okay. This is like us about knowing you. It's not b- bragging. What is like, yep, that one is absolutely my strength. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, of the strengths, right? Uh, the ones here that they list are receptive, reliable, passionate, altruistic, and charismatic. Um, charismatic from, you know, especially when I was younger, um, I feel like I got away with a lot. And that was like how my teachers, you know, like my teachers liked me, but I was like yeah. a problem, you know? So yeah. it was like, Davey's very <laughs> charismatic, you know? So, um, you know, I, I can, I can see that for sure. I think a reliable, you know, something for me is, uh, I am very big on like, if I say I'm going to do something, mm-hmm. it, it hurts v- like deep down when I can't yeah. follow through on that. Um, and then I also feel like I hold other people to that same standard. You know, it's like- I was if, just thinking that. I was like, that would be great for your team to know and your partner to know because that means you value it. So just know that, that you would really like to see that reciprocated. Yeah. And so in my mind, people are always either becoming more reliable or less reliable, right? Which is probably not a super healthy way to think about it. But like if, if yeah. someone says they're going to do something, I just count on, you know, that person doing it. And, um, because that's something that I value in my own life. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to, I'm going to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. so on the strengths and weaknesses, uh, for sure, I do think that I am a receptive to, um, other people's ideas, you know, like I think mm-hmm. my mind can be changed about things. Um, but I don't spend a lot of time in the middle, you know, like I'm not one of those people okay. where it's like, well, this may be true and that may be true. You know, mm-hmm. um, I generally have an idea of, you know, how I think something ought to work. Um, but I do try to listen to other people about, um, you Are know. you highlighting a specific line that you're seeing in the weaknesses area or something oh, that in the strengths area, in the, the strengths receptive, area that you disagree? Okay. That, that I think is, is true of me. So receptive, okay. reliable, I can definitely see, um, the mm-hmm. charismatic thing just comes up from, from childhood, mostly like yeah. high school years, you know, being able yeah. to kind of wiggle my way out of, mm-hmm. uh, out of things, uh, using a little charisma, but, um, on the weakness side of things, if you want to move there, if there's anything else from there. Yeah, I do. Okay. Awesome. I was just, was there anything you, you disagreed with on the strengths? No. It, I mean, okay. some of they this other pretty... stuff, you know, I mean, like, it's not that I don't think it's true. Like, I like to think that I'm altruistic, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, Say. Know, it's like somebody being like, I'm, I'm just so humble, I'm you know? So <laughs> humble. I know. Okay. So yeah, move over to the weaknesses. If you were working with your team or, Someone, what what would be something they would really need to know about you? Oh, I think two things that stick okay. out is um, intensity, and um, I think that can lead to maybe coming off as condescending as well. So those are the two things that I think those like I, when I look at these weaknesses, I think that they are um, pretty mm-hmm. much spot on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even when, you know, unrealistic, for instance, I mean, even some of the expectations I have for my day, like I do a lot and I try to fit a lot into my day and I structure my day so that I can do a lot. And this is Mm -hmm. going back to, I think, um, I guess that reliability, right? And Mm -hmm. so if everybody is doing what they ought to be doing, I feel like my day should be able to run a certain way, you know? But like, (laughs) when does it happen? When you have kids, right? You know? know. so I think intensity for sure. I mean, just feedback. Like I think when I am acting in an unhealthy way, you know, I yeah. come across as very uh, intense and that my feedback can be condescending. 
um, mm, okay. as well. So, so is it helpful for you sometimes to revisit a, re- a test result like this that reminds you of where you can lean in your weaknesses? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's also, I think, um, helpful that my wife is very aware of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And so she can be like, hey, you know, okay. after, yeah. you know, maybe after an interaction out, she can be like, listen, the way you said that, it sound I don't know like how you heard it, but it sounded a lot right. like this. And yeah. um, so for sure, I definitely think uh, being aware of those things. Um, mm-hmm. I also have some really good friends who are more than willing to let me know, <laughs> you know, when I'm yeah. being maybe overly intense uh, sure. about something. Mm-hmm. I think that's great, though. Mm-hmm. So often we have these blind spots and no mm-hmm. one ever calls it out. And mm-hmm. I think more and more just culturally we're we're all afraid of Mm-hmm. offending each other in that way when no. it's like friends or, or people you're close with. Was there anything on the weaknesses part that you disagreed with? I always love to give people that opportunity so that people know that just because something's written about you doesn't mean you're like, yeah, I have to, I'm, I'm weak at all those things. Yeah. So overly idealistic, uh, but this might just give away that I'm an ENFJ. I'm like, no, <laughs> of course they're like, you know, so this is what it says. Protagonists tend to have clear ideas about what's right and wrong. They often think that everyone shares these fundamental principles, or at least everyone should share these fundamental principles. Mm -hmm. So it can come as a genuine shock to protagonists when people violate their core values, such (laughs) as truth or justice. And I'm just sitting here to myself like, no, there is, there is a right and wrong, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like what is this, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, outside of that, I think, uh, I think they're pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good call out. ENFJs, that's that's a big one that they can mm-hmm. um, sometimes offend people, even really the people closest to them, because they're trying to really like fight for what's mm-hmm. best for them. Yeah. But it comes off so uh, too strong. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. this is me going off the cuff here, but there's this funny write up about Myers-Briggs personality types, like definition of hell. It's like their absolute worst place ever. Uh, I I believe that an ENFJ's worst like place of hell is that they've just given someone advice and it was considered absolutely worthless, <laughs> and it may have made things even worse. That an ENFJ does not like that feeling. How how does yeah. that one feel to you? Yeah, I think that could. I think I think for sure that could be. Um, you know, I think, you know, I'm just thinking. Um, like we have a high school intern. You know. Um, and she had mentioned something like, you know, uh, I hope this year flies by or something like that. And I was just sitting to myself like, no, you don't No, you you don't like this is, (laughs) here's my advice, you know? And I feel like in situations like that where it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. I just like, trust me when I say this, this is the, you know, this is the case. So when somebody's like, nah, no, (laughs) Um, that that hurts. You're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, And, and ENFJs do love to lean into giving advice. They do. Often the advice is good, Mm -hmm. but it's not always the right time, nor does the person want to hear it. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But see, let me call this out because I do think this is true of you, Davey. You're the good thing for ENFJs is, okay, they have those strong beliefs, opinions, want to give the advice. And if it's someone they care about, they really, really want this for them. Mm-hmm. So it can be, it can be, um, feel, uh, offensive to someone or manipulative mm-hmm. or like you're trying to contort them. But ENFJs usually have, um, a high, uh, capacity for, for compassion. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the benefit there is leaning into that where if you're compassionately, uh, trying to look out for someone, mm-hmm then in that healthier state, it can be a really, really good thing for mm-hmm. them, for the world. 
Mm-hmm. It's maybe just the other side if you're getting into it in an unhealthy way. Yeah. I'm going to, I know we're getting uh, to where we have to kind of close here. Some fun. I really, you, you really mentioned something in the beginning that I just am determined to make sure I turn around, which was that practical piece. And I think one of the most practical pieces, so you're an E and you said you were close to the eye line is for people, even if they took one, this assessment, and this was the only result they looked at, is who on your team, so I'm speaking of your team, and I love that your team does this, but really understanding who the E's, the high E's and the high I's are with the introvert and extroverts, because it's, it is about energy, but there's so many misunderstandings there too, that it's a, it's that the extroverts get all their energy from being around people and that is ridiculous <laughs> and that eyes totally get their energy completely alone you just even said that you need a little bit of both so but on a team how this really plays out that we've talked mostly about in the ei line ei lane is that uh, extroverts you even did it one a few times you were like well i'm just kind of thinking out loud is that you're they do their best thinking out loud and that teams need to know that just because you're thinking out loud doesn't mean you've decided anything. Yeah. That you're just thinking. Whereas eyes hold often hold a lot in. And when they do speak their thoughts, they're a lot closer to a decision than you might realize. But, uh, you know, not to assume that either. But they've done a lot of thinking about this before they're actually getting it out of their mouth. So, so that is a really big thing to understand about your team. Yeah. I think, I mean, just thinking about... Um you know, how I process information. And, um, I, I think that's totally true of me. And I was actually talking to Steve about this. We were talking about Voxer. And, um, I think one of the things I struggle with, uh, is because I am processing things out loud. I, you know, I don't always like the way that came out. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. you know, and well, it's really hard that. kind yes. of putting you, especially like a podcast episode like this, like, you know, it's just out there, you know, it's <laughs> just out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah, thanks so for writing, that reminder. <laughs> I think it's really helpful for me. I found that writing something down um, yeah. prior to speaking it and, and partly mm-hmm. to avoid issues like that, especially if you're in um, a position mm-hmm. of leadership and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think being a verbal processor is fine uh, in most situations, but there's definitely some situations where like, you know, I don't want to go into this meeting or this conversation uh, and having not processed something, you know, Absolutely. beforehand. So mm-hmm. I do think it's uh, really helpful to understand. And really, all these assessments are about, are you a person that leans into personal growth, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like people who are attracted to them love personal growth. And if you learn that you are an E or an I, that is exactly the point there. How do I stop myself from always talking all my thoughts out loud and shh? And also let my teams who are quieter have a voice too, and then wait and process my thoughts out in writing first. And then eyes, they need to sometimes be not afraid of the thoughts that are coming into their mind and be like, it's okay in a brainstorming space to just say it, right? Because we're just, we're just having fun here and thinking out loud. And so leaning into both sides is really the bottom line. Whatever you are learning, whatever assessment you're taking, think through the lens of, well, what is the one strength that I'm like, oh yeah, that maybe I need my team to know what is the weakness that you're like, oh, they definitely need to know this too. What can I personally grow of? But really, how can I start to use this as an assessment to notice others so that I can be a better communicator and person mm. for those that I work with? Yeah. And I think um, what we sh- what we need to do is we need to have our team go through it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm. it's one of those things where... Um, like to revisit it? Yeah. What I mean, what we've done in the past is like we have people take it when they come on board, you know, but it's... um. I think it'd be more helpful to take it as a group uh, and then have space to, to actually chat about it a little bit more. Uh, and then again, 
just processing out loud here. But uh, <laughs> as far as Love the, um, you know, I think as far as remote work goes, maybe it becomes more important and not less important. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, something that I'm thinking is I've always maybe treated it as less important for remote work because everybody's kind of in their own space and it's like, well, they can act. You know, in your own space, you kind of act however you want to act. You know, like mm-hmm. if you have a messy workspace, it really doesn't impact anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. um, right? But now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, well, you know, like an extrovert might want opportunities to really connect with others and might feel, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uncomfortable with um, without some sort of personal connection, um, mm-hmm. you know, just working online, slacking people all day, you know, yeah, um, or something along those lines. So two things that I'm hearing you say in closing is that so instead of just having the new individual that's been hired just kind of sit in that the results for their own good or passing it around, that those who are already a part of the team should also share their results and it should be more of a, a group conversation, even if you yeah. summarize it down to like four key questions. And then the other thing I, I heard you say is that that I've heard so much consistent uh, research about, especially from Adam's grant, Adam Grant's work, is that the more remote we are, the more we actually need to know about each other. Sure. Because it doesn't come as natural as it does when we're in the spaces now. So we really actually need to take more time to be proactive about truly knowing who people are and what they need, especially when we onboard them, than, than we would even if we weren't in an office. Yeah, yeah. Any other final thoughts there? Was this helpful to you? What was helpful? How about that? What was helpful about revisiting it, maybe from a different perspective? Yeah, no, I think uh, just those, um, you know, kind of insights uh, towards the end here, where thinking about how maybe it could uh, it could help the team, um, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, even just being a point of connection for the team, like this being a point of conversation um, mm-hmm. and making some time uh, for that. I also think too, um, especially around conflict, um, it's just helpful to know yourself and and you know i'm thinking through some of the weaknesses right like the intensity mm-hmm. and maybe coming off as condescending you know it's i think i could see how it would be helpful to you know maybe put it in my calendar and say once a month i'm going to come back to these results you know yeah. if for no other reason just to kind of remember you know uh what you look like um maybe when you are healthy and what what, what you look like when you are unhealthy um yeah and i think that would be super helpful for me and that there is a j thought I love that. That was an awesome closing. I'm going to put it in my calendar to revisit. <laughs> Only way it gets done. In my calendar or my inbox. If That's you drop right. out of the calendar or inbox, it's never going to happen. I so. love it. Well, thank you so yeah. much. Thanks, Stevie. Any closing yeah. thoughts from you, Steve? We good to go? All right. Thanks for visiting this with us and have a beautiful day. Yeah, you too. <laughs>